Good evening. It's good to see you today. Let's go ahead and start our service. Would you stand and let's sing a medley of songs here, starting with Rejoice, you pure in heart. Rejoice, ye pure in heart. because God is good. He is good forever, and he is so good to us in so many ways. Let's testify through song tonight. Phrase again, he's good, he is good, he is good, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, he is good, he is good, his love endures forever. Give thanks for he is good for his unfailing love for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds give thanks give thanks to the lord he is good he is good his love endures forever give thanks for he is good for his unfailing love for his unfailing
thanks not out of obligation, but because we want to when we know the goodness of God, a grateful heart. Let's sing together. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ. And now, and now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. We do give thanks to you tonight. Oh, God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for sparing us from the consequences of our sin, replacing that with the forever reality of being with Jesus Christ. We look forward to being with him and with you, Father, and forever because of your love for us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. Thanks. Looking at Psalm 27 this evening, so I direct your attention there for scripture reading as we simply read this psalm to you. The first six verses are really David's faith, expressing his faith, and then verses 7 through 12 is David's prayer. Verses 13 and 14 is just his conclusion. Verses 1 through 6, he's expressing his, his faith. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, I have, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion, in the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me, He shall set me upon a rock. I now shall mind 
I, I now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And now is prayer. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not your face far from me. Put not your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. His faith, his prayer, and then his conclusion. chosen I could see no hope from where I stood even though I knew what God had promised I didn't see how he could work it for my good yet the road where pain was my companion took me to an unexpected place standing in the middle of the darkness that is where my heart would learn to say i choose christ when everything around me says give up i choose faith I choose to trust, to believe He is good. He'll come through like He said He would every time. Oh, I choose Christ. I don't know the story He's unfolding, but I know in His will He has a plan. So i 
for sharing that. We have a Savior who delivers. Amen. Amen. Um, this evening, I wanted to take a moment just to share with you um, a little bit about um, uh, something we had um, voted on a while back called Subsplash. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, we voted on, on this at a business meeting, and it was concerning uh, development of a, web, a website an app, and a whole lot more, all right? So I want to kind of give you a little bit of an update as to where we're at in those things. Uh, we are progressing um, in the app development as well as the website. So um, I don't really have, unfortunately, anything really to share with you tonight. It'll probably be about another month before we'll be able to share that with you, but I'll at least let you know where we're at. Uh, we have been um, going back and forth with um, uh, mainly one representative from Subsplash. Um, we have had a couple other meetings with some others as well to kind of begin to roll out some of the uh, services they provide. Uh, one of those, like I mentioned, was the app. This was one of the first things that we began working on and developing a little bit. So um, just kind of let you know what is coming um, in like about, about a month. Um, we are going to hopefully be rolling out an app that all of you can eventually download and have. Um, I have a prototype of it because uh, I've been working with it. Unfortunately, I'm not sharing it with you tonight. <laughs> so don't ask me to see it, all right, because I don't want 50 different suggestions as to what to do because unfortunately right now I can't touch it. Um, we have been working on it, but it has been submitted uh, both to Google as well as Apple at this point. So it is in the review process. There were certain things that, certain criteria we had to meet in order to submit it to both um, um, app, um, both companies, Google and a uh, Apple. So we've met those criteria and it is under review. So at this point, we're not allowed to change it until they come back and say, yes, we've either accepted this or no, we've rejected it. There shouldn't be any reason they will reject it. Okay, we've been working very closely with Subsplash. They've done this well over a thousand times, so they know what they're doing. Um, but some of the things that you, you'll be able to do with the app, just so you know, there is, as of, as of now, um, there is a welcome section where new visitors will be able to fill out a form. Uh, then that would go right, to, um, go right to the Subsplash dashboard where any Pastor Mike, Pastor Don, myself would be able to see that. Justin would be able to see that, and we'd be able to get back to those individuals, as well as, of course, 
back there. There's also a section of bulletin, so you'd be able to see the bulletin. Okay, if you've lost your bulletin, all right, um, you want to know what's going on. Instead of having to call up somebody, you can just go right to your app and you can see that. Uh, there'll be a, a place where you can um, go to our website, go to our Facebook page, go to a directory. Um, there'll be an events page on there, so you can see all the upcoming events. Um, all of this stuff, like what I'm saying with the event page, anything that we do in the app is going to go right to the website. So it's going to be in both places. It's going to be in sync with one another. We're not going to have to put it on one, then take it off the other. Or what, it's going to be in sync. Whatever we do with the website goes to the app. Whatever goes on the app goes on the website. So everything should be in sync. There's also going to be a Bible on this app. So um, you know, many of you have a Bible app on your phone, and you're comfortable with that. But our app will actually have a Bible on it that will also have an audio portion to it. There's various translations that you can use. Uh, there's also a media section on it. Uh, so any past sermons, um, whether it be Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or Sunday evening, uh, you can get a you can watch any of the previous um, messages on the app. You'll also be able to, if you're not able to be in service, you can just go right to the app on your cell phone, and you can watch it live. So you'll be able to watch um, the service live anytime that we are broadcasting. Um, the last section that's on there, um, and I'm starting with the app because that's going to be the first one that we're developing, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the website. The last thing on the um, app that we have right now is also going to be on the website, which is a giving portion. So if someone chooses to uh, give, um, they can do that. So right now, obviously, we can give uh, through offering plate, which is a wonderful way to do it. There's also, of course, the box in the back. And then also, uh, Natalie has set up with the bank that we use, um, and, um, a, essentially a direct deposit where you can have money come out of your account each, each week, each month, whatever the case might be, where you can have that deducted automatically as your offering. This is simply going to be another option. So if someone, for instance, um, they forget to bring offering that Sunday, they could go to the app, and they could actually give right there. Um, you know, if they're eventually maybe if there's, we want to roll this out, if there happens to be a special offering, oh, didn't come prepare for the special offering, okay? You can go to the app, you can give um, to that special offering, okay? Uh, if you want to give to, again, these are things we can set up. If you want to give to a special fund such as the building fund, you could do that, okay? Each of these accounts would be set up, and you could give either um, a one-time gift, done, one-time gift. You could also set it up so it would be a reoccurring gift, um, weekly, monthly. I suppose you could even do it annually if you wanted to. Um, but those are all options within the giving, either giving through using a credit card or using um, like a debit card through your bank. Okay, So both of those would be options that you could use on the giving portion of that. We're not suggesting that we want everybody to move to that. Okay, You do what you're comfortable doing. Okay. Um, the website's going to also have the um, same sort of things. Um, we're developing, um, whereas this has been in development for a little while, the website is just now beginning at this point. Um, but a lot of the same stuff that I mentioned that's there is also going to be on the website, um, including some things for visitors. If someone visits our website and wants more information about um, our church, there's a section where they could fill out information, and then we could get that 
and then we could, of course, send them information or give them a phone call, whatever they're requesting. Um, map, directions, that sort of thing, calendar, um, all of those things will be on the website as well. Okay, so that, so again, this, the app portion of it is under review right now. Once it, it comes back, approved from both Apple and Google, uh, then we have uh, about a week that we will make any changes that we want to do with it. We may ask some people's opinions as to what they think of it, and then we'll begin to roll it out. Um, website, hopefully we'll be in the same time frame, about a month from now we'll be able to um, roll that out as well. Um, one of the things we wanted to do is, of course, keep this in front of you, let you know what's going on, um, but also um, when it comes time to, to download the app, look at the website, use some of the features of the apps or website, Lord willing, we'll have some time in the future where we can actually um, kind of display what the app looks like, what the website looks like, and let you kind of understand how you can navigate through it, um, you know, however you best want to use that, okay? Um, those are some of the things, at least, that are on. There's a few other things I didn't necessarily mention, but those are the, kind of the highlights of that. Um, is there anything that I'm missing, Pastor Don, Pastor Mike, anything? The live streaming is on several different... Yes, thank you. Okay, so that is something that's also in development as well. The live stream going forward um, will be... Right now, it's on Facebook, okay? Going forward, as I already mentioned, it's going to be on the app. It will be on the website. We're also going to be able to roll it out to Apple TV. So if you have one of those Apple TVs, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't have it, all right? <laughs> but if you have an Apple TV, um, you'll soon be able to download the app, uh, our app from Apple TV, and be able to live stream from your Apple TV. Uh, if you happen to have a Roku, all right, you'll be able to do it from Roku as well. Um, Facebook would be another uh, option still, Facebook you could do, and then YouTube. So all of those... are. Don's face is going to be everywhere. You're going to hear Mike's playing everywhere, our worship team. All right, so they're going to be everywhere. So in other words, we're just creating more options, opportunities uh, for exposure, opportunities for people to be able to listen, um, you know, the way in which they're comfortable. So you don't, in other words, right now, there's one way to do it, and that's Facebook. In the future, there's going to be many opportunities, many different ways they can do that. So. Okay. If, if you do have any questions about it, um, Lord, when we roll more out, but feel free to come ask me. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. <clears throat> Don't let the fact that Don's face is going to be everywhere keep you from supporting this. Okay? It's enough to scare everybody. <laughs> no, I just I want to give a shout out to Eddie and Justin who worked very, very hard on this over the last several weeks. Uh, often I pop in his office and he's working on getting us set up, so thank you for that. And when it's, when it's in play, it's gonna be a very powerful tool of communication, which is excellent for churches today to have, so blessing for that. Um, have a little video tonight that wanted to play for you. You know, um, with music, it's amazing how it can stick with you even when things start to fall apart for us physically, you know. Maybe our body's falling or decaying, but music in the soul has a way of sticking there, especially not only when we hear it and we think about it, when we, we sing it as well. That has a way of helping us own it real in an amazing way. And I was blessed to hear a, a video of our very own Shirley Dibble in the county manor singing the other day, and I got permission from 
for Bob and a couple others to, to play that video. Just as a reminder to you that we have very real saints that may be shut in at places, but very much love the Lord and their soul sings on. So, Justin, it may be muted on the computer as well, but if you think we can play it, go ahead. I think it's muted in the corner there, the bottom right-hand corner. Is the X still on that, the sound in the bottom right-hand corner? No. What a day that will be when my heart I will see. And I forget exactly how the lyrics go, but Shirley is singing that song right now, and she is belting it out. And that's, it's amazing because, uh, as you know, um, the mind is not 100% there like it used to be, but the, the spirit very much is alive, very much belongs to Christ. And it's a wonderful thing to hear her sing that. So I'm sorry about that, that it's not working tonight. But I, I'd like to maybe use that as a reminder to, to pray for those that can't be with us, would desperately love to be with us, and uh, they, they sing on. And uh, maybe another chance we get, we can play this, but uh, it, she's, she can sing still, <laughs> and sing in tune as well. It was really neat to hear this old song that she was singing there. So um, let's go ahead and pray for them, shall we? We do thank you for Shirley. We do thank you very much for a number of our folks that we do have um, uh, here in town or around the county, and thank you very much, Lord, for their impact on our lives and continued impact. Who knows how many prayers have been offered on the inside of our bodies and our souls that you have answered in behalf of our church. Um, thank you for that, and we just pray that you'd help us not to forget them, but help us to, to remember to visit those in their time of need um, you talk about that in several places in Scripture. Help us not forget. Lord, help us to show love in that way because very much they're on your heart. Thank you for Shirley. May you be with her in these days as well as everyone else that may be struggling on the outside but very much alive in Christ on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Unfortunate that that didn't work, we'll have to definitely do it again sometime because that really is a precious video to, to watch. And speaking of Shirley, her brother Dave Moon had heart catheterization on Friday and the procedure went well but his recovery didn't go so well. He had very high blood pressure and he got very confused and rather incoherent and uh, um, didn't, uh, didn't do so well yesterday. He is doing better today, so we're thankful for that. I was up to see him this afternoon, and he was able to uh, uh, carry on a conversation. It was quite coherent, so we're thankful for that. But uh, continue to pray for Dave. Uh, he's hoping to come home tomorrow, and his blood pressure, even while I was there, they came in and checked it, and it seems like it has stabilized, so it uh, looks like we're, we're doing well there. But uh, yesterday was a kind of scary day for the family, so pray for him. 
And by the way, Dave Crowley, the last thing Dave Moon said to me when I left is, tell Dave Crowley that I've lost my mind. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what that meant. I don't know if he's going to become a Democrat and join the other crazies or no. <laughs> Psalm 27. I said earlier, the first six verses seems to be David's prayer and then uh, are David's faith, and then uh, verses 7 through 12 is David's prayer, and then his conclusion. And, and as you read down through this, it, it almost seems like two different people writing it. You know, there's such uh, expression of faith, and faith in God's protection, and faith in God's help, and, and how He's delivered, and, and, and then you come to the prayer like, okay, Lord, help me, deliver me. It's, it's like such expression of faith that God does help and God does deliver and then the prayer of help and deliverance. But it's simply, I believe David, as he writes this, he's, he's rehearsing in his mind the, the past help and the past protection and the past deliverance of God and, and expressing his faith in that. But now, apparently, and we don't know what it might be, but apparently he's facing a crisis. And so now he begins to pray as he has been reminded of by faith of God's protection and help and deliverance, now he's facing a new crisis. And so he prays for that help and that protection and that deliverance. So in his faith, in verse 1, David's faith quiets his fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom? Shall I be afraid? David's faith quiets his fears. The Lord is my light. We think of the Lord being our light. We think of Him being our, our, our guide. We think of Him uh, uh, guiding us in the right path. And, and I think what David's saying here is, is as God is my light and He guides me in that right path, as long as I'm in His path, as long as I'm in His will, I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to fear anyone. I don't have to fear anything if I'm in God's will, if I'm in His path, if I'm following His light as He guides me and directs me. I need not fear. He says, the Lord is my salvation. Um, he's not talking about spiritual salvation here. He's simply, God is my deliverer. Again, he's rehearsing how God has delivered him in the past, and he, he's saying, God, God's my deliverer, and he, he, he's, as he delivers me, what do I have to fear? No matter what comes my way, no matter uh, who comes my way against me, God's going to deliver me. I can trust him. He's delivered me in the past. He'll deliver me now. Why do I need to fear? So if I'm walking his light in his path, and, uh, and I know that he's going to deliver me, I have no fear. He says, he's my strength, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The word strength here is, is uh, perhaps more the idea of defense. He's my defense. And, uh, and as long as, again, as long as uh, God's my defense, it doesn't matter who attacks me. Doesn't matter who may come up against me. He's going to defend me, so why do I need to fear the attack? He's going to deliver me. Uh, I, th I think of uh, 
Exodus chapter 14. You remember the, the account as children of Israel come out of Israel, or come out of Egypt, and they, 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 they come to the Red Sea. The Red Sea is before them, and we know that Pharaoh is pursuing from behind. And so they're, they're trapped. They can't go forward. They can't go backward. And remember what God does. Remember that, that cloud that led them by day and the pillar of fire that led them by night? That was in front of them. But God takes that cloud and that pillar of fire and he gets behind them. And it says that as he gets behind him, the, the cloud becomes darkness to Pharaoh and his armies. But the pillar of fire becomes light to the children of Israel as they cross the Red Sea in the light of God. And I see this, uh, he's my light. As long as I'm in his path, I don't need to fear Pharaoh's army. They're in the darkness. I'm in the light. And he's going to defend me. He's keeping them in the dark. That's his defense. I don't have to fear Pharaoh's army. And so whatever our situation might be, maybe we feel like we're between the devil and the deep blue sea. <laughs> Just understand God's my light. God's my deliverer. God's my defense. I don't need to fear. David's faith quieted his fears. David's faith assured him of protection. Verse 2. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. His faith assured him of God's protection. When the enemy comes up against me, I don't need to fear, he says. And he says, uh, even though they're going to eat my flesh, I think, again, it's a psalm, it's poetry. Poetically, he's basically comparing his enemies to wild animals who want to just eat his flesh. He's just comparing his enemies to those who want to destroy him. But he says, uh, God's going to protect me because he causes them to stumble and fall. The battle's not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. We, we read that in Second Chronicles chapter 20 when when the prophet comes to Jehoshaphat, remember Jehoshaphat was facing insurmountable odds when it, when it came to three armies coming against him. And Jehoshaphat prayed to the Lord. He says, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And so the prophet came and gave an answer to Jehoshaphat. He said, the battle does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. It's his battle. And so basically, that's what David says here in verse 2. My enemies, they come up against me, but it's not my battle. God will protect me. He'll cause them to stumble and fall. It's not my battle. Verse 3, David's faith gave him confidence in his battles. It, it assured him of protection in verse 2. It gives him confidence in verse 3 in those battles. Notice verse 3, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Gave him confidence in the battle. His faith gave him confidence in the battle. Notice he talks about the host encamping against him. That's when you know, his two armies come and they're, they're going to do battle. They, they, they encamp against one another. That's before the battle starts. Sometimes the anticipation of the battle is worse than the battle itself. 
You know, you, especially if, if you're encamped against uh, the enemy and the enemy's encamped against you and, and you look out over their encampment and out over their, the, the enemy and, and you can tell that you are far outnumbered. And David says, but I have confidence. Even when the enemy is encamped against me, I have confidence. Even in that anticipation of the battle, I have confidence. I'm not going to fear. Um. You know, I, as I read that, I, I couldn't help but think back a year ago, now a few days over a year ago, when, when Russia was threatening to attack Ukraine. And remember the anticipation of that attack. Everybody, especially Russia, assumed that Ukraine would be defeated within days or weeks. And that anticipation, it was just, everybody just anticipated this is going to be, this is going to be a awful for Ukraine. It's going to be just a, a wipeout in no time. That anticipation was actually ended up being more fearful than the actual battle to a certain extent because Ukraine did stand up against the superpower that everyone thought Russia was. And, and I just see this as an example. David says, when they're encamped against me, I, I'm not going to fear. Even though they, they may outnumber me, I'm not going to fear. And then when the battle starts, I'm going to have confidence in the battle. His faith gave him confidence in the battle. Come to verse 4. In verse 4 we see that uh, his faith caused him to seek God more. In faith, of course, we, we seek God, but as we grow in our faith, we just want to seek Him even more. And David says, my faith is causing me to, to seek God more. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He says, my faith just wants me, it causes me to seek God more. He says, I, I seek God and I, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, what's he mean there? I mean, he understands that he can't go to the temple and just live out there in the temple the rest of his life. He, he's the king. I, I think he's just seeking fellowship with God. He just wants to be in the presence of God always. He, he can't live in the temple, but he can certainly live in the presence of God and in God's dwelling because God is with him. And so as he, seek God's, as he seeks God, he is seeking fellowship with God. He wants to be in the presence of God. And then he talks about uh, beholding the beauty of the Lord. Um, he, he just He just wants to know God more. He wants to gaze upon His beauty. The word beauty here could be translated His delightfulness. He wants to gaze upon the delightfulness of God. He, he just wants to know God more. He wants to more know of His, uh, know more of his, his delightfulness, His greatness, His beauty. He just wants to know God more. And I trust that's each of our desires tonight. We just know God more, that we can gaze upon His delightfulness. We can gaze upon His, his beauty. We can gaze upon His glory. We can gaze upon His greatness. We're familiar with Psalm 37 that says, uh, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and I think as we gaze upon God's delightfulness, we will delight more in Him, and as we delight more in Him, His will 
becomes our will. His desires becomes our desires. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, He'll give us the desires of His heart. We, we will develop His desires. We'll develop His will as we delight in Him. And, and the way to delight in Him is to gaze upon His delightfulness. Gaze upon His greatness and His beauty. Gaze upon His goodness. And that was David's desire. His faith caused him to seek fellowship with God. It caused him to seek to know God more. And then the last part of verse 4, to inquire in his temple. He just wants to know God's will. He's going to seek God's will. You know, as you read, especially in 2 Samuel and and 1 Kings, you you read concerning the life of David. and, And over and over again, you read, David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. He was constantly seeking God's will, even at times when it seemed obvious what God's will was. You know, David had been anointed as the next king of Israel, and so when Saul was killed, you would just assume that David would go up to Hebron, which was the capital of Israel at that time, that he would just go up to Hebron and he'd take his place as king. But David didn't just assume that. It says he inquired of the Lord, should I go up to Israel? And God said, yes, David, go up to Israel. Well, okay, I'm supposed to go up to Israel. Obviously, I'm supposed to go to Hebron, which is the capital. I'm the next king. But David didn't assume that. It says David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to Hebron? And then God said, yes, go up to Hebron. David was constantly inquiring of the Lord. He sought God's will. Another time when we read that phrase, he inquired of the Lord, it's when the the village where his wife and children and the wives and children of all of his uh, soldiers, his men, uh, had been wiped out and the wives and children had been taken captive. And David and his men come back to the village, it's been burned and, and everybody's gone. And it says, David inquired of the Lord, should I pursue after them? I know I've mentioned this in the past, but you know, if that's me, I'm probably not inquiring of the Lord. I mean, my wife and children have been taken. Of course I'm going to pursue after them. Now, I don't think David was questioning whether he should go get his wife and kids. I, I think it was probably, do I go now? And how do I do it? But he inquired of the Lord. He he took time to say, God, what is your will in this matter? His faith caused him to seek God, to seek fellowship with God, to, to, uh, to, to, to just get to know God more and to get to know his will every step of the way he inquired of the Lord. Verse 5, his faith gave him stability in times of trouble. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. His faith gave him stability in the time of trouble. He talks about uh, um, this time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. The word pavilion here is referring to, to where the king would be when the army was encamped to do battle. You know, you have the the army of Israel over here, and they're encamped, and you have the enemy over here, and they're encamped. Well, where's the king? Well, the king is in his pavilion. And that pavilion, that dwelling place of the king, maybe it's just a tent, but uh, the word here, um, it was right in the middle of the army. 
The king would be surrounded by the entire army. He would be in the middle. And, of course, there would be a a, a guard or guards around the king 24-7. It was the safest place to be. And and David says, that's where I want to be. I want to be in God's pavilion. I want to be with God. I want to be in that safest place with Him. And then he he talks there about the, the, uh, the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? Um, probably, again, poetry, probably referring to the Holy of Holies. Now, again, uh, the Holy of Holies, if you remember in the tabernacle, and this would have been before the temple was built, but in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, that was the dwelling place of God. He would dwell above the mercy seat between the cherubim in the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in to the Holy of Holies, and that was only once a year. So David's not talking about literally going into the Holy of Holies, that tabernacle. Uh, that was not for him to go into. But what he's talking about, that was the dwelling place of God. And he simply says, I, I just, in my time of trouble, need to be in the dwelling place of God. I need to be in His presence. And he says, that's what gives me stability. Faith that I am in the presence of God. Faith that I'm in His secret place. Faith that I'm in His pavilion. That's what gives me stability. And then he says, he sets my feet upon the rock. Um, You know, when we face trouble, when we face the trials and challenges of life, Many times we get so focused on those challenges and, and those troubles and, and, and we, our feet slip in the muck and mud of our troubles. Can I put it that way? Our feet slip in the muck and mud of our troubles. But David says, my faith is going to give me stability. I'm going to be standing on a solid rock. I'm not going to be slipping and falling because I'm so focused on my troubles. I'm going to be standing on a rock. I'm going to have a good, solid foundation. That's what my faith is going to give me. A good, solid foundation, even in the midst of my troubles. Then we come to verse 6. His faith convinces him of victory. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. He's convinced of victory. His faith convinces him of victory. I shall, uh, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. That's a, a statement of victory. I, I have been lifted up above my enemies. And then he says, because of, of that victory, he says, therefore will I offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy, or your translation may even say sacrifices of the shout of joy. And this shout of joy, it's a word Um, Good translation, shout of joy, but it's a word that's used with reference to shouting for joy because of victory. It's a shout of victory, and you're rejoicing in that victory. And so David here says, I've been lifted up above my enemies, I've I've been victorious, and I'm going to offer sacrifices, and I offer those sacrifices, I'm going to give a shout of joy, of victory, and he says, I'm going to sing praises to my God. That's where his faith led David. He's rehearsing, I'm sure in his mind, some of those uh, great uh, uh, victories in the past and the the help and the deliverance that God has given to him. But now he comes to verse 7 and he switches gears a little bit. I think now he he looks at the crises that's before him, whatever that crisis might be. Maybe it's another battle. Maybe the armies have come against him. 
but he's facing another crisis, and so now he prays for that help and that deliverance. And so as he prays, he first he prays for grace and mercy. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy or have grace also upon me and answer me. He says, uh, he prays for mercy, prays for grace, specifically grace and mercy for God to hear him. Um, You know, we don't deserve God's ear, do we? We don't deserve for God to hear our prayers. Now, as believers... He certainly has promised that He would hear our prayers. He's promised that He would answer our prayers. But but we can't confuse that promise with somehow we deserve it. And so David, as he, he cries out to God, he says, God, by Your mercy, by Your grace, hear me and answer me. I don't deserve Your ear. I don't deserve You to hear me. I don't deserve You to answer me. But I pray for Your grace that you would hear me. Verse 8, he prays for God's attention. When you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, your face, Lord, will I seek. He prays for God's attention, seeking his face. You know, when you think of God's face, and, and have you ever been talking to somebody and they're not really looking at you. They're fiddling around with something else. And you just get the idea they're not paying attention to me. They're not hearing what I'm saying. They're, they're too busy fiddling around with something else. Uh, when you talk to somebody, you want them to look at you. They, you want them to focus their face on you. And when they're looking at you, and, and I think that's what David says here, I, I want to seek your face. I, I'm, I'm asking to, to give me your, your full attention so that your eyes see me, your ears hear me, your mouth speaks to me. I want your full attention. And that's what David's asking for here. The face of God, the attention of God. Verse 9, his prayer for help. Hide not your face far from me. Put not your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. He says, you've been my help, and now he's praying for that help. And, and he mentions several things here in, in verse 9. First, he, he prays that God, God, in essence, that God not give up on him. He says uh, in verse 9 there, hide not your face from me. Don't hide from me. Don't give up on me. I know I can be an obstinate child sometimes, but don't give up on me. I know I can sometimes be disobedient, but don't give up on me. And I know I repeat the same sin over and over again, but God, don't give up on me. Don't hide from me. Help me. Secondly, he says here, uh, um, don't reject me in your anger. Don't put me, uh, put not your servant away in anger. Don't don't reject me in your anger. Again, I, I know sometimes I do things that could make you very angry. You're a holy God and you have a holy indignation. You have a righteous indignation, a righteous anger, but God, don't put me away. Don't reject me when I do those things that really would violate your holiness. Don't reject me. And then he says, uh, 
don't leave me. Leave me not. And then he says, uh, don't forsake me. That reminds us, doesn't it, of Hebrews chapter 13. God's promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Those two words, you know, there in Hebrews 13, I know we've looked at that before, but just to remind you, the word leave there when God says, I'll never leave you, it's really a word that, <clears throat> it's more the idea of don't relax your hold on me. It's a word that means to relax or to loosen. And so it's really more the idea, God's promise that I can't leave him. You know, he's got a hold of me and he's not going to relax his hold on me. Even if I try to get away, he's not going to let me get away. And so I can't leave him. And, and then he says, I'll not leave you nor forsake you. I will not relax my hold on you and I'll not forsake you. And the word forsake there means to abandon. But uh, in Hebrews 13, it's, it's the idea of to, to uh, abandon you in your time of need is really the, the word that's used there. So he's not going to abandon us. He's not going to forsake us, especially in our time of need when things are really getting difficult. And, and so I think that's the thought here of David. He says, uh, don't, don't leave me. Don't relax your hold on me and, and don't abandon me in my time of need. And so he prays for God's help. Verse 10, he prays for acceptance. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When everyone else forsakes me, even if my mom and dad forsake me, God will accept me. That's his prayer. God accept me when everyone else rejects me. I'm reminded of Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4. We read in verses 16 and 17, At my first defense, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. All men forsook me. No one else stood with me, but God stood with me. And that's what David's saying here. He says, even if my mom and dad forsake me, God, accept me. Accept me. We read in Psalm 142, I looked, and this is again David writing, I looked on my right hand, and behold, but there was no man that should know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Did you ever feel like that? Did you ever feel like you've just been completely abandoned by everyone? David felt that way. And when he did, he cried out to God and said, God, accept me. When my mom and dad forsake me and I become an orphan, you take me in. Accept me. And then in verse 11, his prayer to know God's will. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. But teach me your will, Lord. Put me in the path of your will. And so he prays to know God's will. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That's the thought here. He says, God, God, teach me your will so that I can be in that path that is your will. That path in which you will direct me as I trust in you. That's a prayer of someone who understands that in his own wisdom, he won't know what path to take. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And so David is praying here, Lord, teach me your path so that I can walk in your will. I'm not adequate. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough wisdom to know what that path is. You need to teach me. You need to show me. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. His prayer is to know God's will. And then finally in verse 12 is prayer for deliverance. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. He says, Deliver me from the false witnesses. Deliver me from those who are going to slander me. And guess what? People will probably slander us. But David says, deliver me. And those who are threatening me, breathing out violence, deliver me from those who threaten me. He prays for deliverance. So he expresses his faith. He prays. What's his conclusion? I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What a wonderful verse. I would have fainted if I had, if I had not believed in the goodness of God. You know, that's such a key. When we're faced with our battles, we're faced with our challenges, we're faced with our trials, we have to believe in the goodness of God or we will faint. Again, we won't turn to it, but in 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, uh, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And then verse 7, Casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Those two verses go together. Verse 7 is not a complete sentence by itself. That's a continuation of verse 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. You see, I need to humble myself and recognize God really cares. God really loves me. God is really concerned about me. And so when I understand that, when I humble myself before Him and I really understand that He is good to me, then I can cast my cares upon Him. If I don't really believe that He's a good God, that He really cares, that He really loves me, why would I cast my cares on Him? It's only when I humble myself before Him and recognize His love and His care that I cast my cares upon Him. But then the very next verse, you know what it is? There's a roaring lion seeking whom He may devour. The very next verse, whom resist steadfast in the faith. You see, it's, you put that all together, it's faith in the goodness of God that is our defense against the roaring lion. And when I'm in my difficulties, when I'm in the midst of my trial, and I doubt the goodness of God, Satan is going to have me for lunch. He's going to devour me. My defense, my resistance is faith in the goodness of God, that He really does care, that He really does love me, that He really is a good God. And this circumstance, this trial that I'm facing, it is for my good, and He's working it out for my good. If I doubt that, that's when Satan devours me. And so David says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
If I didn't believe in the goodness of God, I would not have survived. And then he says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen you, your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Sometimes the goodness of God is not real obvious. Sometimes the goodness that's going to come out of this trial isn't very obvious. And David says, wait for it. Wait for it. There will be good out of this trial. That's God's promise. So wait for it. Don't doubt just because it doesn't seem like it, just because you don't see it. Don't doubt. Wait for it. So that's David's conclusion as he expresses his faith, as he prays to God. Then he says, just wait for the goodness of God. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for our evening together. Thank you for your word and its truths. May we have that faith of David. And may we come to you in prayer for you delight in us humbling ourselves before you in prayer, asking for your help and for your deliverance. Help us, Father, to see your goodness, to trust in your goodness. And when we don't see it, help us to wait for it, not to doubt but to resist that roaring lion with faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Shall we stand? Father, certainly we go out into a world that can often have great enmity toward you. Help us, Father, to in that world trust you and not lean on our own understanding. Help us to seek your will and help us, Father, again to see your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening. May God bless you.